Tiffany Pratt. This is my love jam. I know it's wild to think that I have a podcast all about love, but let me tell you, even though I'm a designer, creative director, creative person, artist, author, TV, whatever, there's absolutely nothing that I've ever done in my life that has been more important than bringing love into everything that I've ever done. And this is a podcast all about that. I have met miraculous, cool, incredible people along the way, and I want to introduce you to some of them. I want to talk to you about my journey. I want to share some of the things that I've learned. And more than anything in the whole world, I don't want you to feel alone. As a creative person, I want us to feel like a powerful community of supportive friends that can turn to each other and know that no matter what, we've got each other's back. So that's what the Love Jam's all about. Let's talk about it. Let's get down in the middle of it. Let's uncover it. Let's see all of its colors. And let's jam. Let's jam about love. That's the love jam. Guess what, dudes? I've got a sponsor. And welcome aboard, Delta folks. We're about to take off. Coco, this is Delta Faucets. Read from the script. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, thought I, was... I gave you a script. They make faucets now? They've always made faucets. Oh, okay. Well, this episode of Love Jam has been in part made possible by my friends at Delta Faucet Canada. They're actually my friends, not yours, but keep going. Oh, if you want to be that way. Uh, innovation and design have been at the heart of the Delta brand for over 50 years. They have poured that into every product they make. Poured. Because <laughs> it's faucets, right? They've poured. So funny. Keep going, keep going. That's good, that's good. Well, they've poured that into every product they make, creating savvy, sturdy faucets and accessories with smart design on the inside and out. You know, I actually know that because I have all Delta products at the Glitter Suite and I love the Delta's peoples. So I'm shouting out to my friends at Delta. Thanks for making the Love Jam possible. Love you guys. Am I done here? You're done. Thanks. Ready? Yep. Okay, guys, let's start it. Let's take it from the top here. Let's just take it right from the top. And the top is let's just all collectively close our eyes for one hot minute and get to the center of things, of ourselves, of this moment. Close our eyes. One big deep breath. I just burned a huge stick of Palo Santo in here and I want to give you a little exhale. Let's do it again. arrive here together let's just be together in this moment even though I'm not beside you I am with you and this is me just bringing a piece of me right there in your ears in your heart here we are do you see me I'm pink hey what's up okay so you can picture me there this iridescent ball of pink light sitting right beside you in some place in your car or your office or in your room. And we're just gonna talk together because I think the first love jam should just be you and me talking together. And I wanna share with you things that I feel like I should be sharing with you so that you know what I'm all about, what this is all about, and you can decide if you wanna listen to more. So let me just describe what's happening here. I am one of my bestest, dearest friends in the whole world, 
is Coco and he is a very talented person and he has lent his studio. It's a photography studio turned recording studio and I have created a white tented space right on his studio floor. I've got one of my big fluffy colorful souk rugs and a bunch of hand painted pillows that I did, a meditation pillow and a whole bunch of greenies and sweet potato chews for my 10 month old wiener dog to chew while we're both sitting here on the floor with a microphone on a Sunday night talking to you. So here we are together. So picture yourself here on this colorful rug with me sitting cross-legged and let's, let's share. So I think the best place to start in any great story is from the beginning and the beginning of this story is I think the beginning of it all. And I was sent a beautiful letter from my mother a couple of Valentine's days ago. And she had sent me a very lengthy three-page letter about how she should have known how much I loved love. Because for as long as she could remember, I'd always loved the shape of the heart. So for as long as I was alive for the first seven birthdays, that's Poppy, by the way. So she's confirming these are true statements. Um, I wanted heart-themed everything. Heart-themed birthday party, heart-themed bedrooms, heart-themed everything. I needed hearts all around me. And to this day, I still love the shape of the heart. And the heart and love and coziness and togetherness and being real and true and sweet has always meant so much to me. And I think that my family celebrated me more on Valentine's Day than my own birthday. Because Valentine's Day was all about pink and hearts and chocolate and sharing affections and telling people how they felt. And this is who I've always been. I've always been one that loves love. And not the kind of romantic love that you hear about all the time with the loving of love so much as it's what love can do what love can do to a person, what love can do to a thought, what love can do to a life, and how we can bring more love into everything that we're doing. This again, Poppy, confirming my statements. So, here we go. I started my life with the big question that everyone gets asked, which is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always knew that I would be in the design world. And for anyone that is Canadian or knows anything about Canadian television, I was an early day watcher. I wasn't even in the double digits and I was watching fashion television with Jeannie Becker. And Jeannie Becker was the goddess of all fashion television, taking people behind the scenes into these beautiful, incredible fashion shows. And she was showing these wild eccentric colors and creatives and makers and designers and bringing you into their studios and their ateliers and showing you these incredible collections and watching them hit the runway. And I remember sitting in this beat up old lazy boy on a Sunday night, drinking a soda pop, watching my 30 minutes of fashion television. And that's when I knew I was going to be living a life creative. And I didn't really know what that was, but I knew how it would feel. And so I thought, plain, simple, I'm going to be a fashion designer. So basically I spent every waking moment I could to get out of school as quickly as I could, fast track through high school, um, not without having to be the president first and tell all the peoples how it was going to go down. And then it was, how am I going to be a fashion designer? 
How am I going to do this? Fast track through all the things that I didn't do. I got to Fashion Institute of Technology, FIT, which is in New York. Sat there with not a professional portfolio in sight, just a bunch of paintings that were all sort of haphazardly in this portfolio that wouldn't close. And they accepted me on the spot for textile and surface design. And I was really disappointed. But she said, you are not a technical artist and you will absolutely not survive as a fashion designer, but I will accept you on the spot for textile and surface design. Do you want it? And I said yes, reluctantly, and then never returned. I went to FIT for a couple of elective courses just to see if I liked the idea of it, did some art histories, did some psychologies, and then off I went into the work world. And my first job was as a personal shopper at Saks Fifth Avenue. I was in my very early 20s. I got really lucky on a train ride into Connecticut and I was offered a job. And this was just a series of yeses. My life has been a series of yeses, chance opportunities that I do not believe are accidents that lead and have led my life on a trajectory of exciting, interesting, heartfelt, wild, creative experience that has woven a cloth that is my life. So from this one job at Saks Fifth Avenue led to another job in cosmetics, led to running a hair care brand, led to being a personal assistant for a major toy company, led to running an art studio for children, and then brought me back here to Canada. And when I came back to Canada, I wanted to keep creating. And I remember when I stepped foot back in Toronto, I had to start from scratch. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. I had to get a new passport, a new license, and I decided, well, you might as well just open your own business and start all over again for real. And that's exactly what I did. So here we are back in 2008. I'm arriving back into Toronto for the first time. And when I say back, it's because I'd only ever visited Toronto to visit my sisters. My sisters both live here. And now I'm moving to Toronto for a moment of time. I believe I'm going to come to Toronto for a few years, do a couple fun things, and then head off to the next city. So here I am, 2008, walking into Toronto, and I'm opening up my own art studio because that's all I really wanted to do. At this time, as I'm opening up my art studio, I get news that the person that I was with while I lived in Connecticut had committed suicide. I've never publicly talked about this with anybody, but I think that this is a really pivotal, important moment to share because a life that I had led for eight years prior had literally just been wiped away. Our house, him, everything that I'd ever known, even though I had walked away, was completely gone for good. I could never look back. I could never make another phone call. I could never relate back to that life that I had had with that person. It was over, it was done, and it was gone. And I think that this is an important thing to share I don't like sharing this part of my life, but why I want to is because this is a moment where I had to ask myself what I wanted, what was my life going to be about, and why was my life going to be important to keep? Because when you're faced with something like suicide, it really forces you to ask all the bigger, greater, heavier questions that you would never otherwise have to ask yourself. So here I am in a new country with a huge heavy, broken heart. And I decided that it would be my heart's desire to create and make with children 
because creating and making with children was the one thing that I knew would make me feel the most alive. Of all the things I'd ever done and all the exciting New York career, fashionable, sexy, downtown, Manhattan, stylish things that I'd ever done, hanging out on a studio floor with a bunch of children seemed to be the one thing that lit me up the most. So, all I wanted to do was sit on that studio floor and watch the paint fly and watch the glitter fall and watch experiences happen and watch kids blow things up and watch them see things for the first time and try things for the first time and glue things for the first time or make something that their parents would never let them make or mix something that their parents would never let them mix and give them an opportunity that maybe I never had. Because although I did have a very creative upbringing, I was never subjected to those kind of experiences. And it was through working with children and teaching art not only to children, but then eventually adults, that I found a creative voice. And because it was my studio, I could do whatever I wanted, which was so empowering. But it's also really hard. So for as long as I've lived in Toronto, which has been the last 10 years, I've been self-employed. And this is a shout out to all the self-employed people in the world. I want you to know deep in your heart that you're a brave, incredible, amazing people. And it takes a lot of courage and effort and love to run your own business and to keep the love alive and to keep yourself going. And I know that intimately because I've opened and closed many businesses. So Glitter Pie was my home here in Toronto for the first few years of my time here in Canada. And Glitter Pie was a magical studio with over 80 paper lanterns hanging from the ceilings that lit the, the studio constantly. I had walls of glitter. I had spray paint booths and like all these incredible experiments happening all the time, collaging, painting, you name it. It was all happening. And then boom, landlords jacked up the rent. I couldn't afford it. No parent could possibly afford to send their children to my studio with the kind of tuition that I would have to charge to keep those doors open. So I needed to face a reality that my studio would have to close. I decided that I would create a product for children. And this product for children could be available to children everywhere. And it was a making experience that was different in every box. And it was the Glitter Pie Art Studio in a box. And it was a uh, juxtaposition of old and new things, upcycled and recycled materials with extremely high-end things. And it was packed individually in every box and no two boxes were the same. And it was a hit. It was a local hit because as soon as I closed, parents were clamoring for some artistic experience that their children could do while the studio was gone. And the toy got toy tested by a national magazine called Today's Parent. And today's parent actually listed my Glitter Pie art studio in a box as a top toy of the year in its category. And in its category was a bunch of arts and crafts products that were obviously bigger companies than myself because I'd only been packing these boxes out of my living room. So here we are in Canada, almost three years into living in this country, and now I'm reopening another company and I'm learning how to pack and distribute art materials in a box for children. Standards are high. 
It's crazy. My standards are high. I'm giving myself a crash course in how to do all of this. I've got investors. My life is wild. So now I've enlisted a distribution company that's helping me pack these boxes and I'm training people how to pack the boxes. I actually do an exclusive seasonal camp box for Roots Canada and I'm using all of their offcuts of leathers and tags and things that were long gone in their company, sitting in archives and storage rooms. And I've recreated those elements and put them in an art box that was going to be and was sold in their stores for a season. It was a joy ride. I had gone from closing my studio in complete despair to now learning how to create a product and make a product and pack a product and sell a product across the country. And I was excited and overwhelmed and encouraged and discouraged all at once. All I can tell you is throughout both of these experiences, the time blew by. I don't even remember where time had gone, but I remembered that a brief moment between closing my studio and starting these art boxes, I had gone to an ashram. And at that time at the ashram, I had started to really, really dig deeper with my meditation practice and my yoga practice and get into my body and to try to calm my mind and begin the spiritual journey alongside of my self-employment journey and bring that awareness and that consciousness and that love into what it was that I was doing. And those two things have constantly been running simultaneously in everything I've ever done from the moment I stepped foot in this country to now. The only thing that has changed is that it only gets better and it only gets bigger and it only gets more. So what happens? You're sitting on the edge of your seat. You wanna figure out what happens next. Well, what happens next is the art box products are a success. And so much of a success, in fact, that the investors that were helping me do the product couldn't contain what it was going to become and China couldn't replicate it properly. So I came to the conclusion that I would have to fold this company too because I wasn't going to replicate something in China that was not going to be the quality of the thing that I had started, nor was I going to be tapping the incredibly kind and wonderful people that helped me start it in the first place. So what does that mean, friends? That means we're back to ground zero. This is a very sad time in my life because here we are again digging deep, pushing forth all the efforts of everything that I thought was right and everything that I thought was going to be the thing or successful or right or timely, and it wasn't. So goes a creative career that sometimes you're a little bit ahead of your time and sometimes things just don't work out for the right reasons. And I didn't know what to do. My art boxes were a thing of yesterday, so now what was I supposed to do? I wonder if you can feel that way. I wonder if you close your eyes in this moment that you remember what it feels like or have felt or wonder if you've ever been in a place in your life where you've had to dig really deep, where you started something and it failed or you thought something was something that it wasn't or you had to give something up or you had to let something go and it was really hard for you. It was something that was unexpected and it came out of nowhere and you knew you had to accept it but it was still really hard. You knew you had people that supported you. You knew you had people that believed in you. You knew you had things that were going for you, but still in the end, it wasn't right. 
So if you close your eyes right now and you picture me there as this little pink ball of light in your living room, I want you to know I'm giving you a big hug because I know how you feel. But the best thing to do in those moments is to humble yourself, put your head down, stay busy, and keep learning because the universe is unfolding just as it should and it's about to teach you something pretty incredible as the universe always does. Love in your heart and the things that you want to do is always your guide. So what do I do? I start saying yes to just about anything that comes my way. You want me to design your wedding? Sure. You want me to stage that house? Sure. You want me to paint that house? You want me to tile that floor? Okay, sure. I'll learn how to do that too. You want me to come over here and make a prop for this? You want me to go over there and clean that? I was saying yes to everything until a chance situation happened in my life where an acquaintance of mine had come over to see my house and she thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread. And she said, do you ever design houses? Because your house is spectacular. And it's just a humble little beach apartment in the beaches of Toronto. Back in the Connecticut, New York days, I'd had some time renovating an old house that I lived in then. So I had some renovation experience. I had some side decor experience, but it was just from having to tackle a big house at the time. And I brought all of that to this little tiny beach apartment. And she said, I would be willing to give you this amount of cash to work on my condo and make it feel like this, but my style. So I took on this project, not really knowing exactly what I was doing, but at the same time, knowing everything that I needed to do. And I ask you friends to call on your intuition always and to understand that that is the greatest device. That is the greatest gift. And that is the greatest source of anything you could ever use in your whole life. Moving into anything you ever want to do is your love and your intuition because I just intuited the whole space. If something felt like her, I bought it. If something felt right, I did it. If something felt like the right thing to do, I would destroy it and make it better. I went for it. She was gone most of the time. Her place was completely mine. I ripped up the floors. I epoxied them myself. I painted the walls. I hung wallpaper. I collaged walls. I fashioned headboards out of skids. I was hanging lights from strange places. I was reorganizing all of her personal effects. And before you know it, her place was done, the summer was over, and she was thrilled. And I left it there. So happy to have made someone happy and to have had that experience until someone from a magazine had come to her place because they needed to use the bathroom. And they walked into her condo, saw her bathroom, and she was blown away by the space. That single chance of her having to pee very badly And using that bathroom was the sighting of a person that turned my career upside down. It was a small space feature in a Toronto Life magazine, which got me a bunch of phone calls because for the first time in my life, I was titled Tiffany Pratt, designer. And I remember doing all these crazy things that I'd always done. And I remember my brother-in-law saying to me, what are you going to call yourself? What's your title? What's your elevator pitch? What do you do? And I never really cared much about that, nor do I care much about a five-year plan. 
nor do I care much about what people think of me because the truth is, I put my heart in whatever it is I'm doing, I do the best that I can, and I know that whatever comes my way is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, and any plans that I could ever make would probably pale in comparison to the wonders that have come into my life based on no planning alone, and lots of hustle. Anyone that knows me knows that outside of all of the love and the planning and the dreaming and the scheming and the wild creativity is a person that doesn't stop. And friends, I'm just gonna encourage you every day of your life to not stop. Don't give in, don't give up, and know that every single thing, good and bad, that has come into your life is feeding you all the medicine that you need to push forward to do exactly what you're going to be doing. So here I am, Tiffany Pratt, designer. I have never been formally trained in anything. And anyone that's looking to take a course or learn something or go back to school or think that they have to have a class or a certificate in something is selling themselves a huge lie. I'm not saying that the school system is not important, but what I am saying is who you are and what you intuitively know is all you need to make the dreams that you have in your heart happen. I'm coming to you because I know in my heart, I truly believe in the service of others. I believe that if I'm doing something that is in service of someone else that is making someone else's joy come to life, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm sure I sound like I'm ranting right now, but do you ever feel like that? Like maybe it doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as someone's happy and you're helping them be happy? Well, that's important. But more than that being important, you need to be happy too. So find whatever it is that's lighting up your soul. Find whatever it is that is truly bringing you joy. That wellspring of joy and love that you are giving yourself by doing what you should be doing, you want to be doing, you are called to do, that thing inside of yourself that keeps screaming out loud that this is it. That's the food that will keep you moving in that hard, fast, crazy hustle that you're going to get into once the velocity of good things that you're supposed to be doing come your way. So here we are. How do you get on TV? How do you become a designer? What school did you go to? Is this helping you? Is this answering all those questions that you have? Because I get them all the time. The straight up answer is I have an eye. I love making things look the way I can dream them to be. I hate following rules. I don't believe that there is one way of doing anything. I hate repeating myself. I don't like doing the same design twice. I hate even using the same wallpaper twice. I don't want anyone's home to feel like anybody else's but theirs. And I don't want anyone's experience with me to feel like a cookie cutter moment. I want everyone to feel like they had some sort of magical experience with a person who tuned into them and was completely present. And if that means that I was designing their home or their restaurant, or if I was creating something for them or a set, I was putting whatever came to me, whatever came through me, whatever my intuition told me to do, whatever my hunches led me to be or to provide was what I gave. Even if it meant it was too much, even if it meant I worked harder, even if it meant that I over-delivered on things that I probably shouldn't have. That's how I felt I needed to do something. And that's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what I still do.
I believe we should all have a limitless perspective on how we lead our lives and how we serve the world. As soon as we limit ourselves, we limit the possibilities that are coming our way. So, how did I get on TV? I know, you're all wondering. I got on TV because all those many years ago, I was at Glitter Pie, my little art studio, and breakfast television here in Toronto had a live I scheduled at another location on my street, and something happened. And they asked me to step in and take the live I spot, and I did. And therein lies the beginning of my television career because the producers of Stephen and Chris, those lovely, lovely women from CBC, called me in to be a craft master for a couple years. And then a year after that, I was there all the time. Every other month, I was appearing on Stephen and Chris, which is and was a daytime television show. And then from there, I was asked to do an audition for a pilot show that was apparently supposed to be on HGTV. And a year later, I got a call. Hey, you've been casted as the woman on this show called Buy It, Fix It, Sell It that's going to be on HGTV Canada. Boom, a television career was born. I never pursued television. I was never formally trained in television. I just had to appear in television as I am in life. My greatest objective being in the television world is to be as much of myself as I humanly can. I don't own a television, I don't watch television, nor do I often watch myself because I don't want to overdirect or limit myself or stop myself from being who I am because TV has come to me by way of my talents and my skills and my being, and I don't want to change who I am because of maybe how silly I appear on TV. So I'm sure you all know that I'm a silly goose, and I say stupid things, and I am a total class clown, and I usually wear wild and crazy clothes, and my hair always changes color. But outside of all those appearances, outside of what you see, outside of those clothes, outside of those actions and vocabularies and crazy maneuvers is a deep soul. You can come into my world through Instagram or through my website or from going into restaurants here in Toronto or come to one of my talks that I do at a home show across the country or turn on your TV set and you can engage with me in some way. But this podcast is here for you so that you know that deep beneath that multifaceted, wild, crazy human that you bear witness to is just a soul that wants to do right in the world and wants to change the way that people look at their lives and wants to change the way that people understand themselves and understand their style and understand what this life can be. So that's the television piece. And when you get on television and you're a more public person, you realize that you have a stronger responsibility to who you are and what your message is. And I want my message to be that of a person that believes that you don't need to be perfect, that imperfection is beautiful, that color is king, that anything is possible, that anything can be beautiful, and that we all have enough, and that we don't need more, we just need to look at what we've got and we can make it better. And that's my message, and that has stayed true for as long as I've ever been alive on this earth, but it's even been true for as long as people have asked me my opinion about an object or what I do or what I bring forth. 
I love when things are eclectic. I love building collections over time. I don't want anyone's home to feel like a showroom. I don't want anyone's life to feel like it was store-bought. I want everything to feel like a glorified, beautiful curation of an incredible life, well-lived. I want everyone to feel like a better version of themselves after I've been there. And it's because I see the best in people, and I believe that we should all see the best in each other. So, as a public person now, I chose to write a book called This Can Be Beautiful. And This Can Be Beautiful is a book that is really just that. It's an encouragement of you to look inside of yourself and own your style. To look around your home and each chapter is a journey through your everyday life, your wardrobe, your travel style, and anything under the sun. It's eight chapters, let's get real. It's basically your full life. And looking at all these basic elements that I know you have in your home. And looking at those basic elements and looking at ways to craft and design them into something that could be fabulous accoutrement to making your life more you. But truly the message is more just that you have your own two hands, you have a dream in your heart, and those two things are the most important tools that you could ever use to building a life that is entirely yours. I don't rely too much on other people. I'm maybe too fiercely independent, but I do believe that I can figure things out. As my friend Jill, who works with me says, we're, uh, what does she say? We're scrappy. <laughs> Jill says we're scrappy because we'll just use anything we've got around us and we'll make it better. We've got some sharp object, we'll crack open a box with that thing. You gotta be scrappy, you gotta look around, you gotta see possibility, and you gotta turn the beat around. Because this life isn't always fun. Let's get real. But if I can, I wanna try to make it look as much of a representation of my dreams as I can. And if I have anything to say about it, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So, here's the plan, Stan. This has been an abridged, incredibly how would I say, Cole's noted version of my life, but hopefully an inspiring tidbit to you jumping in there, you getting in that car that is your life, getting behind the driver's seat, not the passenger seat, and hopefully a very fast car with rocking wheels and a great sound system and drive. Drive in that open road and look around and open your eyes because we have it all. So often we go through this life on our stupid phones and we are looking down and we are not looking up. We are looking everywhere else but inside and that is not the message anymore. The message anymore is stop yourself. Get quiet. Look inside. And within you are all the answers you need to the beautiful life that you are ready to have. Have a little courage, make a great plan, and then drive. Go for it because you'll never know unless you try. And believe me, I keep trying. And I keep reinventing myself and I keep hitting a new wall or a new plateau and I have to keep reinventing. But all along, I have met some incredible people. And when you're open and you're of service and you have a pure heart, people come into your life with the same and they help support and hold you up. And I couldn't do anything that I've ever done without the love and support of people around me and their belief in my mission, their belief in what I'm doing, their belief in my skills, their belief in my abilities, and my belief in the same. 
You are not an island. You are not alone. I often feel alone. I live alone. But let me tell you, I am so not alone. Because in this world, I am so blessed and graced with beautiful souls that see in me what they see in themselves. And it's this incredible, creative, colorful warrior that's ready to go out there and do good. So do you want to do good? I think that you do. Um, Okay, guys, how you doing? I don't even remember what I just said. I think I just blanked. I think I just blacked out. Did you black out? (laughs) Coco, did you black out? No, I'm enjoying it. Yeah? Okay, punchline. I don't live the party girl lifestyle. I try to get to bed as early as possible because I've spent too many years of my life not sleeping because I've been working too hard. I often try to eat as healthy as possible. I'm pretty obsessed with fashion and interior design magazines. I love quiet time and long walks on my local beach with my wiener dog. I love libraries and thrift stores. I love garage sales and sleeping. Nothing to me is more exciting than flipping through a magazine eating a chocolate bar, and the sound of wind chimes and birds in the morning, especially on Sundays, is basically like going to church for me. I don't know if life really can be any sweeter than being surrounded by people who love you for who you are, regardless of how many those friends are. We don't need quantity. We don't need a quantity of anything. We just need a quality of beautiful things inside of ourselves and around us, a quality of appreciation and gratitude, a quality of understanding and of eyes open of what we have and what we can see possible to be able to move forward and serve the world with the purpose and the passions and the skills that we have. Um, I'm really excited, actually. I think I'm going to try to do something interactive with this podcast. I kind of want you guys to tell me about you. Like, sort of like you're at, oh, by the way, my astrological sign is a Leo. My favorite color is pink. And I love pizza, although I just discovered I can't have it anymore because I'm incredibly gluten and um, dairy intolerant. So I'm very sad about that. And I just want to take a moment of silence for me not being able to eat pizza anymore. I'm going to wrap this up. I think I'm going to wrap this up. I might come back to this, but I think this is a good, this is a good start. What do you guys think? Good start. Um, I may have to redo this whole thing. Really? Let's get real. This, yeah, I might have to come back in five, but listen, straight up, straight up, straight the fuck up. Life is what you make it. It's not about what people tell you that you can do. It's not about the framework that anyone else has built. It's not about some bullshit platform. It's not about social media. It's not about websites. It's not about any of that. It's fun. That's a fun game to play. But in the end, if all the websites are to crash out and Instagram was to disappear and TVs were never to come back, you are still left with yourself and those around you and your heart. And those are the things in this podcast that I want to preserve that I want to make sure are nice and strong because in this world, especially the new earth that we're walking into, we need to have the strongest hearts of all. So let's make some plans for that. What do you say? Okay. I think I'm done jamming for now. 
Okay, friends. Thank you so much for listening to my first episode on my podcast. I think we should wrap this up the way we started this. So let's close our eyes. Take a deep breath through our nose. Hold it at the top. And then let it out. I am still that pink ball of light in your space, sharing time with you, feeling ever grateful that you would share your time with me. And I want you to know what a gift I know that is. And I will, for the following episodes, just continue to um, share my love with you and jam all about the things that I think will fill your cup. So go forth on this beautiful day in this beautiful world and share your magic. And I love you and I'll talk to you soon.